This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Bizarre doings down in Washington. Hard Knocks begins, and the namesake of this program is here. It is Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, we explain to Greeny why we're exceptionally disappointed in him. What? And you are a fraud. What? We will get to that in just moments. Well, how can you tease that? That's exactly what a tease is. Okay, fair we enough. We get to why you're a fraud. I need to hear this. Oh, no, don't worry. You will. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. This is the best thing that has happened to the Jets since they drafted Joe Namath. I love Aaron Rodgers with something to prove in a new city. Rodgers to throw. Touchdown! Everybody wants to win MVP. Anyone who says that they don't is lying. I feel like watching Hard Knocks last night. Yeah. Were you in the editor's room? Were you one of the guys who was putting this whole thing together? No, guys, I need you to close in. I need a tight shot on Aaron talking to Garrett Wilson. I'm not going to lie. As I'm watching it, and I see the helicopter come down and descend upon one jet's drive, I thought for certain it would be you coming out of the helicopter <laughs> to go and meet Aaron <laughs> Look, I thought it was spectacular. The, the Jets seemed worried about it before it began. I, I've never seen, Dominique Foxworth made a really good point on the TV show this morning. I've never emerged from Hard Knocks in any of the seasons that it's been on rooting against the team that was on it. I, I think you almost always fall in love with it. Look, at the end of the day, this is the NFL's product. They're not. This is not gotcha journalism. In fact, it's not journalism at all. It is a, a sales tool. They're trying to get you excited about a team, and they're trying to pick an interesting team, and right now there happens to be no team more interesting based upon the quarterback than the Jets are going into this season. So I don't think it was surprising that it was um, look, I mean, they made him out to be a god, right? That's yeah. basically how they made Aaron Rodgers look, and that's the way I took it, and I loved every second and I of it. I embraced it, I did. and I hugged it, and I watched it all night. That's, that's exactly right. And then again this morning, and I watched it during commercial breaks of Get Up on my phone <laughs> and sticking around here and talking to you. It was the only thing that is stopping me from watching it right now. Let, that's how much I like let's it. Let's be honest. Wouldn't it have been a little bit better if you are getting off the chopper, walking in slow-mo, as opposed to Liev Shriver. I do think so. Um, yeah. a, a little known fact. In fact, I don't know why anyone would know this. Liev Schreiber and I grew up together. I know really? I've known him since we were little kids. Um, he grew up, we are the same age, and we grew up in the same neighborhood, and we went to, you know New York, right? So mm-hmm. I went to Stuyvesant High School. He went to Brooklyn Tech. So, yeah. I mean, so we grew up with, you know, playing sports and stuff like that. He was a good athlete, very good, mm-hmm. um, when we were kids. And, and obviously he's turned, in, you know, turned out to be a terrific actor, and now the voice of Hard Knocks. Um, but yes, it would have been... I Look, people think that I have a totally different relationship with the Jets than I have. Our relationship is as follows. I root for them, 
and they crush you. And, and, and sometimes they break my heart and sometimes it's still, you know, whatever, like anything else. But I don't cover the team. I'm not friends. I don't know the people there. Um, I don't I don't have, you know, and I've met some of the people, but I don't I don't have relationship. I'm not a reporter. I can't give you insight. I'm just a fan like anybody else. So, yeah, I mean, would I like to descend upon one jet's drive in a helicopter and <laughs> I sure would, but I would much rather do it in Las Vegas the second weekend of February to watch the Jets finally, once in my lifetime, play in the Super Bowl. Greeny, of course, with us to start the show today. Do you think, here, here was my big question coming out of this. I've loved hard knocks over the years. Mm-hmm. Will the non-Jets fan appreciate this given the lower amount of access that we are getting to them? I have no way of answering that. Here's what I will say. I have to amend what I said a moment ago, that people never come out of hard knocks rooting against the team. I actually think a lot of people came out of hard knocks rooting against Rex Ryan. I I think Rex, because of his braggadocious, sort of larger-than-life personality, he made the Jets interesting because he made them polarizing. The Jet fans, like me, loved him. Um, I think a lot of people wanted to shut his big mouth. Um, I don't think you're going to get much of that from this. They're, they're not the, the, the bullseye that will be on the back, the target that will be on the back of the Jets will come from all of the attention that they're getting from shows like this one and, and, and our TV show and all the others um, more than hard knocks. I don't think they're going to give you any bulletin board material, but I do think that there is there certainly will be um, an element of people inside the league that want to beat the Jets. We'll treat the Jets as though they're a much better opponent than they than they would be coming off of last year. How fans will react, I really, I really have no idea. I think most people have an opinion of Aaron Rodgers already. Mm-hmm. And he's been incredibly famous for 20 years, um, it, particularly in the last few years with all of the different things that have happened, both from a football perspective and beyond the football side of it. I think people have, have taken a side on him one way or the other already. I have no idea if that will change. Greeny with us, of course, to start the show today. Um, let's get to a couple of other things around the league. First of all, Ron Rivera's comments yesterday clarified him this morning. Did you think he was calling out the enemy or the players? I don't think he was calling out the enemy at all. In fact, I think that what he said was completely misconstrued. And um, when he gave his apology is not the right word. I'm, I'm trying explanation or whatever it was today. We all made note on TV this morning of the fact that he was very clearly reading that off a piece of paper and that 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 seemed to diminish it a little bit. I, I get it because he, he wanted to make sure he didn't put his foot in his mouth again. But this feels like something he could have said from the heart, which is, hey, I own what I said yesterday. It's not the way I meant it to come out, but I'm not making any excuses. I shouldn't have said that. What I should have said was we needed a culture shock. Eric has brought the culture shock that we need. I love it. Next question. It's what he should have said the first time, and I think it's what he should have said today. Now, I'll say this. I've known Ron Rivera since he was a player. He was on the Bears teams that I covered. He, I, I think he's a terrific person, and I think everyone thinks he's a terrific person. He has been an outstanding face of that organization and spokesperson for that organization through unimaginably bad times. I mean, every all the Daniel Snyder nonsense, or whatever word you want to, it was way worse than nonsense. And the name changes and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, people make mistakes and I think he misspoke. I I just think he said something that did not come off the way he meant it to the other day. I think if he had just cleaned it up today 
a little more from the heart than reading it off a statement. It might have come off a little better. Uh, right now, most crucial NFL holdout in your mind? Well, so you have to divide that up into two questions. One of them is, how important is it that they're holding out right this minute? Mm-hmm. And the other is, how significant would it be if it got into the season? So, All right, so let's go there. If it got how into the season, then I think Nick Bosa, for sure, because I think of all the holdouts, that's the team that I think has the best chance to win the whole thing, and he's their best player. Now, I don't think Nick Bosa is going to hold out into the season. So no. I wouldn't say, and I don't think that, I, so long as he gets a couple of weeks you know, to get ready for the start of the season, then I, I wouldn't assume it's going to have any impact on them at all. So right this minute, I don't think it's that significant. If, if he were to not play this year, which I'll repeat, I think is almost unimaginable, that would be the biggest one. The Zach Martin one is also a really big deal. That, that, that's the one that feels dicey right now because that relationship is not good. Right. I mean, look, the relationship in Indianapolis between Jonathan Taylor and Jim Irsay may just be irretrievably broken right but the, and the expectations though in dallas are a lot different way than higher right i mean indianapolis yeah. isn't winning the super bowl with or without jonathan taylor the cowboys could i wouldn't pick them to do it i, I like san francisco better than i like dallas um but yes clearly zach martin is an incredibly important part of that team um and there's one more big one what, what's the other one i'm forgetting um, uh we got josh Jacobs oh chris jones and chris jones, chris jones. Yeah. so chris jones in kansas city is another big one um, that's obviously a Super Bowl team. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. Everything that our reporters have told me suggests that we should expect it to get done, that they will get a deal done, so it will not go into the season. If it went into the season, I would have to put that right up there with the top of, of the, at the top of the list. Uh, Greeny with us to start the show. Uh, before we get to the fact that you're a fraud here in a minute, um, <laughs> just uh, who was it, Cam, who tweeted about the shorts on a plane uh, that checked in about that. That was, uh, that was the Knicks player, Josh Hart. Yeah, Josh Hart, Hart of yes. the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, tweeted, shorts on a plane, wild move. Uh, your take, shorts on a plane, acceptable, unacceptable? Um, so is it unacceptable from a fashion perspective or is it unacceptable from, unacceptable, a, from a cleanliness? For me, plane is always unacceptable based on how it relates to your fellow passengers. Meaning your Meaning bare like legs? Meaning if I don't want to look at your legs... For an entire flight. So, so here's what I've seen happen many times, and we all have seen it. People will take off their shoes That's an abomination. next to you on an airplane. Yeah. That's way worse. You should be thrown off. I'm generally not offended by other people's bare legs. Right. I, I don't love the idea of my bare leg on a seat that has had whatever it is that has happened in these seats. Um, airplane seats, seats in general, don't feel like extremely cleanly places. Now, I think that they're cleanlier You make it sound like the Mile High Club has happened on the seats, which it probably hasn't. That would be the least of my concerns. <laughs> <laughs> There's any number of other things uh, that I think could happen. G- generally speaking, I don't know. I'm old. So I remember a time when getting on an airplane still felt like kind of a special occasion, like it was yeah. exciting. Now it just is so awful flying is the like the word no one there's no one who likes it anymore Mm. domestic air travel someone made this point i'd love to give them credit i forget who it was i think it was a comedian i forget who it was now someone made the point the only thing that has gotten worse how old are you carlin i'm 50 okay so i'm 56 Mm -hmm. as of this week Mm -hmm. so i'm just but you're you're old enough to to be able to to get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. everything in our society has gotten better Everything has gotten faster. Everything has gotten more efficient. Everything has gotten better. Everything is new and improved. 
Domestic air travel is the only thing that is way worse than it was when we were kids, right? Way worse. Yeah. The experience of flying from one place to another in this country has gotten – it's the only thing that has gotten worse. So what I'm saying is there's still a part of me that, like, my dad would get dressed up. My dad, I'm a bad example because my dad would, like – he would wear – he's one of those people that would wear – he would wear a suit to, to sporting events. Oh. My dad would wear, like, a, 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 a sport coat to go to jet games. Um, unless it was negative 60 outside. Mm. So I'm probably a bad example. But my dad would always get dressed up when we flew. And so I, I guess I still have a little bit of that in me. Okay, so you, uh, the last couple of days, have really drawn the ire, in particular of your staff. Uh-oh. Cam and, and Bubba have just really been outraged with what has transpired. What happened? Well, let's take a listen as to what happened back in June and what happened this week. If you and I meet as adults... I don't want to know when your birthday is, and I'm not uh, going to tell you mine. Cam just said to me as we're coming out of break, give Bubba a birthday shout. Let's get that out there. Why? Why am I shouting out Bubba's birthday? It's June 20th. What consequence is Bubba's birthday to anyone else? Like, we talk about these things like we're still nine. I see so much of this on Twitter. Have a wonderful, I hope you're having a special day, and then people will stop and tell you how much they care about whatever it is. It's just horrible. So I knew that Greeny. was going to come Yes. And someone had an interesting birthday this weekend, didn't he? Oh, yes, someone did. Look uh, at that. That is Cabot Cliffs in Nova Scotia, Canada, where I spent my birthday on one of mm. the great golf courses in the entire world. That's the 18th green right behind me. And you just sit there after you're done and you can have a drink or what? Not that I, you know, imbibe. Let the paparazzi take your photos. Absolutely. Sound good? That was my birthday. It was a great birthday. Thank you, everybody, for all the nice thoughts. All right, we'll have more time to get to that a little bit later. Okay. And then we did not get to it later. Let me explain this. Well, we did see the picture again later. Okay, yes. So the picture, but here's the thing. The picture really had nothing to do with my birthday. If you look at what I posted, I wanted to talk about the golf course, which I have done many times. Mm -hmm. We made this trip. We actually planned this trip. I have a bunch of guys that I travel with to play golf. We planned this trip not because it was my birthday. It was just the time that we could go. It, it, I happened to play Cabot Cliffs on my actual birthday. Played Cabot Links the day before. It's one of the great golf destinations in the world, and I wanted to give them some love. To be clear, no one was paying me to do that. Nothing. I just I like to shout out places like that that I think are special. My wife is the one who posted about it being my birthday, and so there was a lot of a lot of people were sending me nice notes, and so I just said. Thank you very much for the nice notes. I want to tell you about this golf course that I played. And, of course, a lot of people did what you just did, which is suggest that I was making a big deal about it being my birthday, when the reality is I wanted to make it a big deal about having played this golf course. To be clear, I don't personally feel you're a fraud. Right. It was really Cam and Bubba. I was relaying that message, and I'm going to give them a chance right now to respond to your response. Oh, good God. Yeah, I mean, we... You know, we were derided for even suggesting to bring up Bubba's birthday on the air. Yeah. And then you bring it up on Get Up. I didn't bring it up. Kimberly Martin brought it up. You you had no problem talking about it. Let's be fair about it. The picture was ready to go. They did. I did. That, that was so. So, like you know, this sometimes, like right now, people will surprise you with something you don't know is coming. So they didn't tell me they were going to put that picture up on TV. They just put the picture up on TV, and then I had to explain it. But if you listen, you will hear that I immediately tried to take it directly to the golf course. And part of it is because I knew that Cam and Bubba were sitting there watching and licking their chops at how they were going to obliterate me once this came out. And of course, it's 
that's exactly what happened. Bubba, your rebuttal. Well, you know, I, I heard you say, you know, I was obviously off from my birthday when the whole thing was happening, but you were saying, no one cares about birthdays. Don't tell me when the birthday is. Right. All that stuff. And then yesterday, I heard you say, you, you may not have brought up your birthday initially, but later on, you said, which is a line you bring up all the time, hey, by the way, it's only 300 and whatever, 61 days away from my next birthday. Right. You're that bringing is... up your birthday quite often here no. for someone who says, I don't care about birthdays. Don't tell me when a birthday is. Birthdays are stupid. You got a you got a lot of support for that previous take, by the way. People were loving your take, and now I just feel like you're, you're no one can believe you anymore. You left you out love birthdays. You left out the most important word. I said it is only 363 shopping days until my birthday. Oh, oh okay. to be clear, <laughs> if you want to get me a gift, I want it. Like this nonsense, Carlin, that we have perpetrated on our society, that it is better to give than to receive. No, that's gifts. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's garbage. So here's what I'd like. Give me a gift, and then we'll both be happy. You will have the joy of giving, and I will have the joy of receiving. So I like birthday gifts. If you want to get me a gift, I want the gift. The solution here is that you take both Bubba and Cam to Cabot Cliffs. Next. I would do it in the blink of an eye. Cam, do you play golf? I don't. Bubba does not, I don't think. Uh, I don't either, so it might be a disappointing no, but I, I want to too. see that. I want to see two guys who clearly don't dress or play for golf uh-huh. on Cabot Cliffs yes. with you. In Nova Scotia. <laughs> it, we were so far east, it was an hour later than New York. That's what the time change is there. And I just want to say one thing quickly because I know we're up against it. I will be back. We have had long time. I will be back here every single day starting when we get to September. So I know people are upset that I've been off. I'm, the summer is different but i will be back here every single day so you will you are not rid of me yet carlin in for greeny on espn radio booger mcfarlane in moments on the situation in washington stay with us on espn radio and the espn app it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePicks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Greenberg, code Greenberg, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot 
That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Greeny, the podcast. Eric Bieniemy is a tough, hard-nosed coach, but I'm going to be their biggest and harshest critic. But I'm also their number one fan. You don't have to get into this whole soliloquy about these players coming to you about being rolled too hard. They don't understand what the hell hard is. Very interesting situation unfolding in Washington. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Booger McFarland, ESPN football analyst and two-time Super Bowl champion, joins us right now. Booger, it's been too long. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Chris. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Outside of what's going on in Washington, let's talk about that. First of all, Ron Rivera kind of clarified his comments today about Eric Bieniemy and how players have complained a little bit, the younger players in particular, about his coaching style. So what did you take out of those comments yesterday, first and foremost, from when Ron Rivera said it? Well, what I already knew, training camp is hard. Players are going to complain. There's change. You're going to ruffle feathers. Uh, The Washington Commanders were in the bottom third of the league in yards, points uh, last season. So they needed a change. They needed a culture shock. And so in comes someone with the pedigree of Eric Bieniemy, And he probably ruffled the feathers of a lot of people because they're used to doing things a certain way, which, oh, by the way, wasn't working. So I I didn't really make much to do about anything. I, I really kind of took more. Uh, out of the, the Ron Rivera clarification today as he read from a, a, a scripted piece of paper, which I found kind of strange since you're the head coach and you're basically clarifying something that you, you said. So uh, at the end of the day, I think the whole situation is much about nothing. Uh, I just think it gives you a glimpse into the mindset, though, of the commanders and where they were. And I think Eric Bieniemy is coming in there trying to change that. Yeah, Booker, it's such a delicate line right now for a coach who wants to hold players accountable and is aggressive in the way he does it versus where we're going over the line. And that's on every level. But the thing I would argue is, as as much as we can treat every player differently, there does have to be a level of toughness that is um, at least taught and, and instilled in players. So, I mean, there's, there does, is there an easy solution to how players should be handled these days, how they should be coached? Well, this is professional football. Uh, We've all been coached hard. Uh, That hasn't changed. I I think what's happened, though, is the rules of the game has inherently made the players feel more comfortable. Like, the players, we don't practice as much anymore. You have this acclimation period now. Like, things are not as tough as they were 20 years ago, and I think the players have kind of adapted to that. And in the end, you bring – an old school coach like Eric Bieniemy, who believes in, uh, I'm going to yell. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. I don't care who you are. Uh, I'm going to call you out. Uh, I may say some choice words to you, and it doesn't matter. Listen to what I say, not how I say it. And so I, I think it's, this is a combination of an old school coach trying to coach a player in 2023 where the rules of the game have kind of changed 
and how you can practice has changed also. So uh, to your point, it's really tough. I don't envy Eric Bieniemy, who is a, is, is a guy who has credentials that say he should be a head coach, and he's trying to do it his way. And as you heard him say, I am who I am, and I don't expect him to change. And why should he? Because his track record of success speaks volumes. Five straight AFC championship games, two Super Bowls. He's coached the best quarterback maybe uh, in NFL history in Patrick Mahomes. So I think if you're Eric Benjamin, you keep doing what you're doing because the Washington Commanders need a culture change, and their offense needs to change also. Booger McFarland with us, ESPN football analyst. It's Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. So fair to say at that point, it's the players that have to adapt to the coach, right? Well, no question. I mean, why would the coach who's had success, who got the job because of how successful he was, why would he change? Like, Ron Rivera hired him because of who he is and what he's done. And if you come in and change, then you're changing the reason why you got hired. So I don't think it's as simple as that. Um, and plus, understand this, Chris, man, it's training camp. Like, it's early August. We don't play a meaningful game for a month. And the, there's really no light at the end of the tunnel. So everything you're doing now is all to get you ready for the NFL season. And so for these players, everything is hard, everything is tough, and, and it's like, okay, when do we get a break? Well, guess what? You don't. And you don't have to do this job, by the way. Like, if this is too tough for you, you can always go apply for a different job that's not professional football, that's not as strenuous, that's not as tough. So I don't really think that there's anything Eric needs to do. Like, just be who you are that's made you successful. And if you're a player, you can always go get another job somewhere else. <laughs> Booger, how much is uh, how much will Lamar Jackson, as we shift over to the Ravens for a second, in, in the new Todd Munkin offense, how much do we expect – Lamar Jackson to directly factor into the rushing game this season? Will they hold him back a little bit to avoid hits? No, I don't think they're going to hold him back. I think it's going to be different. If you remember in the last couple of years, you saw a lot of design Lamar Jackson runs, a lot of quarterback counters and things of that nature. I think this is going to look very similar to the Louisville offense, meaning it's going to be uh, two tight ends, three wide receivers sometimes. It's going to be a mixture of formations. But they're going to allow Lamar Jackson to be creative in space. I think Todd Munkin is going to create space. They're still going to be physical because that's what John Harbaugh wants to do and run the football, but they're going to do it out of more open formations. And so I I don't know if you have to corral Lamar. More importantly, I think what you have to do is empower him to be who he is even more. Who has to be the best player on the Cowboys, Booger, for them to win? Well, I don't think it's it's any answer other than the quarterback, right? And the guy that touches the ball more than anybody else. Like, he's got to be the best player. And that has to show with his statistics. He can't throw as many interceptions as he did last year. He's got to be efficient with the football. He's got to make winning plays. I, I think, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find the answer to that question on any team, not being the quarterback, um, maybe outside of San Francisco, who – doesn't believe that the quarterback is the most important position because of how they play offense and what they do. But other than that, it's got to be the quarterback for every team, right, Chris? Like, he's the guy that touches the ball every play. Well, I'll kind of follow it up with this. Along those lines, which of the holdouts right now would concern you the most around the league, whether it's Bosa, 
Zach Martin, Josh Jacobs, Chris Jones. Right now, which is the one that concerns you the most? Well, it's got to be Chris Jones because, you know, if you look at the Chiefs' three top players, uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, uh, two of them kind of took team-friendly deals. Mahomes probably, he's not, he, what is he, like the seventh-paid quarterback now? Travis Kelsey's not the top-paid tight end. But you can make an argument that both of those guys are the, the leader at their respective positions. Well, Chris Jones is probably not looking at a team-friendly deal. He probably wants Aaron Donald-type money. He wants $25, $27, $30 million a year. And I don't know if that fits with what Kansas City wants to do. However, he's their best player on defense and is their third best player overall. I, I could make an argument that he's the second best player on the team behind Patrick Mahomes. And without him, their defense is nowhere near as good. So, yeah, you've got to get Chris Jones done because not only does he have to be on the team, but he's got to be healthy all season long. And when he, when he is, he is, at, at the worst, the second-best defensive tackle in football behind Aaron Donald, and it's imperative that they get him back in the fold. Booger McFarland with us, ESPN football analyst. All right, last question. This is from last week. It's the most important question that we're going to ask you today. There was a poll out there that Americans believe, Booger, that the most important elements of a great sandwich are as follows. Ham, cheddar cheese, mayo, and your choice of bread. Your thoughts? Well... Cold sandwich. Other than, other than a peanut butter sandwich, mm. which is my favorite, peanut butter and jelly. Oh, you know what? You, we, know. you just went off the board, and that's amazing. You're right. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, to me, that's the best sandwich known to man. But if you're going to take that off the board, I don't know of any other sandwich I can have without some form of cheese. Like, yes. I mean, whether it's turkey, whether it's what you call a burger, a sandwich. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter Burger's what kind sandwich. of sandwich you have. Yeah, like it, it's got it's got to have cheese, right? Like some type of cheese has to be on it. But if you gave me a choice of any sandwich known to man, I'll choose a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with grape jelly all day. Um, you can add bananas and, and make it fruit fruit if you want to, but I, I just need peanut butter and jelly, and I'm content. I got to tell you, I don't know that I've ever had more respect for you than I do at this very minute. Because I did not even invoke peanut butter and jelly when we were when we were discussing this at length last week, and there's no question it is by far the best sandwich on the planet. And grape jelly, got you're just you get it. You always have. Thank you. Anytime, Chris. Take it easy, buddy. You're the best, Booger McFarland. Hey, Cam, I completely blanked on peanut butter and jelly. I didn't even get that in the mix. On the sandwiches, I was talking about chicken. I was talking about turkey. I was talking about the kind of cheeses that are absolutely acceptable. One condiment, can't be ketchup. I completely forgot about peanut butter and jelly. Here's the other question. Chunky or creamy peanut butter? I'm a smooth peanut butter guy. And I think it was clear when uh, that poll was out that people were mostly talking about like cold cut sandwiches. So Booger goes off the board for, you know, probably, right. probably the first round draft pick. I completely agree. But if we're, if we're just limiting it to the cold cut sandwich, I think still your analysis was pretty sound. Bubba, uh, strawberry jelly or grape? Um, no, pre- no preference. I Bubba's like, mi- I like mixing it up and I would go with, uh, the, uh, smooth, um, peanut butter as well. Remember Bubba's a fluff guy. 
That's true. Well, I thought I was until I actually got it, and it didn't didn't hold up as much. <laughs> didn't but, do it for you. I mean, it was good. It was good. It was a good uh, good flash. Better when but, better when you're six years old. Yeah, it didn't didn't hold up as much. In yeah, fact, the bottles are still sitting on my uh, kitchen table. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you're watching players, and you're like, "Oh, that guy was amazing," and then you go back and you look and you find out, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, I yeah, went maybe. to the grocery store. I bought fluff. I got peanut butter. I got I got a whole thing. And I went back, and I was like, this is going to be great. And then I made a few sandwiches, and I was like, okay, well, that was average. <laughs> and now I have a whole thing of fluff here, so what are we going to do with that? Now that's going to be sitting around your house, and that will outlive everything in your house. That's how long it will be good. It's fine. No question. It is Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Yeah, it's like, to me, when you're a kid, you think about all the great players. Oh, my God, he was my favorite. He was amazing. And then you go and you look back at the statistics and you realize that, you know, maybe Hubie Brooks was not all that great. He was okay, as it turned out. Up next, hypocrisy or self-awareness? We're going to talk about that with a significant figure in college football. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Yesterday, Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, was on the Paul Feinbaum show not feeling great about all the shakeup in college football. I will find publicly that I think the, the speculation and some of the pronouncements we've seen since that time about growth or directional growth uh, is problematic. And, and even for me, uh, with the security of the Southeastern Conference, whether it was Friday afternoon or through the day Saturday, fielding phone calls, which really were more conversations. What do you think's happening? There's nobody calling me seeking or demanding entry, a lot of commentary publicly. 
you know, it just wasn't one of those great feelings to work in college sports in, in my experience. And again, I take responsibility where we've made moves, but there was something different last week about really the still questions around the existence of the Pac-12 conference, given its its long and storied history. But ultimately, you don't care. Ultimately, you don't care. It doesn't matter, because if you cared, this would be a much bigger thing, and the expansion would not continue to happen. And listen, it's a nice thought from Greg Sankey, but he doesn't owe the Pac-12 a damn thing. He doesn't owe anybody anything outside of everybody in the Southeastern Conference. His job is to make that conference as strong as humanly possible and financially as profitable as humanly possible. And Greg Zanke has done that. When he brought in Texas and Oklahoma, that was an incredible move for the Southeastern Conference, which already had the strongest conference in terms of football to begin with. I think the Big Ten is right there knocking on the door. But if we're expecting somehow that because of the uneasy feelings that we have around everything that goes on, that teams go into meetings or schools go into meetings as we did have last week with Oregon and Washington, where in the morning the reported feeling was, oh, they're probably going to stay put. They're going to like what the Pac-12 or Pac has to offer. To the afternoon of, no, we're gone. And you understand why they were gone. The deal that was put together, the streaming deal with Apple, was not a deal that was purely beneficial to them. They were going to have to end up picking up a lot of what the expenses were, and there was a lot of what-ifs in that deal as opposed to the guarantees that were going to be handed out elsewhere. And remember this. I mean, places like Oregon and Washington, this is how desperate schools are to get to these big-time conferences in this massive game of musical or really financial chairs. They took half for the first few years of what the television media revenue handout is. They took half. Half was still more than they were going to get in the Pac-12. It was about their long-term security. And if you're a team out there looking for, if you're a school out there looking for long-term security, you are fighting and elbowing and clawing like it's Black Friday at Walmart right now, trying to get to where you need to get to. Greg Sankey's talking about all the phone calls he took the other day. Most of them, hey, what's going on? What do you think? What's going to happen here? Don't be fooled. There were schools calling Greg Sankey, hey, You got room? Because we'd love to join you if we can. You want to give us half? Eh, We'll show up. You think that ACC schools right now aren't trying to get into the SEC in the worst way? I can tell you this for a fact. For a fact. Clemson has been actively trying to clear some hurdles, including their AAU status, which is basically a way of establishing your university on a higher academic level so that they have many, many options as far as where they could go and try to leverage people against one another. They're doing that. They, maybe they don't necessarily want to join the Big Ten, 
but the AAU status would help them join the Big Ten because the Big Ten has a certain academic status that they want to live up to. They want to play them off the SEC. They want to play them off the Big 12. And in the meantime, they want to play them off the ACC to try to keep that alive because make no mistake, you could point to any other school that you want to right now, whether it's Florida State, whether it's North Carolina, whatever. The linchpin for the ACC staying together is Clemson. Greg Sankey can say all he wants about that, and it's a nice thought to say publicly. It doesn't mean jack squad douche. It really doesn't mean a damn thing. The SEC will be out there trying to pick schools off that are going to help them even more, although it's hard to imagine there are too many left, and everybody else is going to be doing the same damn thing. So let's just stop with the hand-wringing and all of it. We understand what's going on. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.